going back, I'm going back to loving me. High and low, hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need. But now I know, now I know, I'm going back. to SOS, Soulfully Orgasmic Sage. I'm your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Thank you for joining me tonight. I sure do appreciate you being here because it's kind of lonely if I'm doing this all by myself. And especially since tonight we're talking about the female orgasm. If you're looking for ways to improve your self-esteem, business, circumstances, and relationships, you've come to the right place. And as a soul sculptor, I help you break the mold out of past trauma, clearing whatever stands in the way of you having the life and happiness of your dreams. And if you have questions tonight, I am joyfully and gleefully receiving phone calls and questions, and I will be answering them on the call. The phone-in numbers are 701-719-4207 or 712-775-6619. So I'm going to just give you the first one again, 701-719-4207. And as I said earlier, tonight's show is all about the female orgasm. Now, don't worry, guys. My next show will be all about you and the male orgasm. Sex is sacred. Life is sacred. And it's getting way more complicated, so we all need to be having a lot more sacred sex and enjoy life a lot more. And the truth is, we never know how much time we have. We don't, do we? So let's be kinder to one another. Have more sex. Love one another more. Tomorrow is promised to no one. And one thing we will never be criticized for is loving someone too much. My purpose here is to guide you to living a healthier, more authentic life so you can have more joy. And one way to experience more joy is to have more sex. And we'll be diving deep into the soft crevices of a woman's body, what brings her pleasure and what doesn't. We'll be discussing what a woman needs and why. (laughs) I'll even be giving you some navigational tools, GPS for the lady's body and a few tricks that I will pull out of my sleeve, although I'm not wearing any sleeves, and you'll be able to experiment with some of these things. You know, back in 2012, I was coaching, and I was coaching uh, women to uh, heal their trauma, and it was all about self-love, and I was guided. I remember I was standing in my kitchen. This was eight years ago, standing in my kitchen in Boulder, Colorado, where I'm at now, and (laughs) I heard, write a book about sex. Sex, said I, sex, I am doing self-love. And God said to me, sex is part of the human experience. It is part of a healthy lifestyle. And if people don't like sex, they don't love themselves. And so, Orgasm for Life was born, and I wrote this book in less than three months. It was (laughs) quite an interesting operation. I'll tell you, I was celibate at the time, but it was hot for three months. So I highly recommend this book. Orgasm for Life is on Audible. It's available also on Amazon, and it is not just about sex. It's about conscious relationships. It's about expanding the love that you have, making it better. And today we need to have different relationships. The old format that we use, the old style that we used for our relationships, it's not working anymore. So unless we have a conscious relationship and we have an agreement to heal together, to grow together, the relationship is going to really stutter, suffer, and die. Okay. So self-love is part of being human, and if we hate ourselves, we'll hate sex. 
sex is as natural as a thirst for water. It is a basic human need. And we can't begin a subject about sex without looking back at the history. And hey, everybody, it's Friday night. Remember when you used to put those sexy stockings on, get yourself, remember when we used to wear those things, and get dressed up and quaffed, scented from head to toe, wondering who, you're, who you were going to hook up with. Well, it wasn't always that way for every generation. In fact, some women still feel very concerned about expressing their desires and, and needs in the bedroom. And you know, there was, there was a practice in India, and I also heard in China, cannot confirm that when I looked it up, um, where there was ritual widow murders. In other words, if you were an Indian woman in India up until the 20th century and your husband passed away, you would die also. Yes, our, our life as women wasn't worth too much. You know, there were a few cases that, that actually occurred even more recently than the 20th century. So until recently, women have been unable to even own property, inherit land, or become involved in politics in Asia and the Middle East. Women have been oppressed in some parts of the world and continue to be. Um, I read about an, a story about a woman in Africa who, whose husband died of malaria. She was in her 30s. And she, when her husband died, she was forced to marry his brother. And he had sex with her. When she came up with syphilis, he said that she was a prostitute. She was thrown out. And now she's living in a shack down by the river. Now, this is true. It's a true story. And this is, was in 2016. So that was in uh, Cameroon. Thankfully, we've come a long way. A long, long way. But according to the direct sex survey, which I love, it's a great survey, 84% of people found that sex was important in a relationship. And I've talked to some people that don't believe it is important. A couple of people that didn't want to have sex at all. And a couple of people came to me for coaching. Uh, a gentleman uh, by the name of Bill, came to me for coaching. He had been married for 40 years. He had sex for two. Once the second child was born, that was it. No more sex. Can you imagine? So we don't want to live that, that way. That's not the way we were meant to live. Humans were meant to be coupled, to be spooning at night, eating ice cream together out of the carton, you know, after we make love. Okay, so let's get into what do women need? One of the first things that I want to discuss is fear. You know, when women are afraid, they cannot relax. When we cannot relax, we cannot let go. When we cannot let go, we cannot have an orgasm. If we're afraid of you, if you're angry, if you beat us up, if you yell, if you scare us, if we're afraid for our life, we're not going to be able to express ourselves in the divinely sexual way that we need to. Trusting our partners is imperative. And when we trust our partner, we feel safe. When we feel safe, we can relax and let go. So let's talk about sexual energy. What is it? Where does it live? Well, our sexual energy actually resides in the base chakra, um, the sacral chakra, actually. But the, the kundalini resides at the base of the spine. And the kundalini is, is like a snake that just kind of relaxes at the base of the spine. And it, it is an energy, uh, chi, Jing, sexual energy or pranic energy, kundalini. And kundalini, when it rises, can allow us to awaken. But there's a lot of other things that take place with the kundalini rising. But the chakras are the purification or distribution center of energy. We have 
more than seven, we have 112 of them located in various parts of the body. And there's one right here. You know, when you think about it, who created sex after all? It was, it was the mastermind of all, right? The divinity, the divine one. So think about it. Have you ever been nibbled, kissed, turned on by your mouth? There are women that can have orgasms just by having their mouth stimulated. So one of the points here, I'm just showing it to you again. It's right here. So being nibbled on the top lip, the upper lip, can be quite a turn on. So that you can just start writing these things down. You might want, you might want to keep notes. <laughs> so again, we have 112 of them in our body. We have them in the palms of our hand, the soles of our feet. We have them all over. You can, you can find a chart of those on the internet. And, you know, did you know that the point of orgasm for both women and men, the kundalini energy residing in the spine, winds up the spine, up the central channel, up to the top of the head, culminating right here in the third eye. It is important to note, to note that watching, I want you guys to hear me, Watching pornography depletes the kundalini energy. Okay, we'll talk about that in my next show. A kundalini awakening, awakening can allow the body to experience multiple orgasms. And if you've ever had multiple orgasms, it's like wave after wave after wave that just continues and continues. So there's lots of different orgasms that men and women both can have, and men can be multi-orgasmic as well as women. So this brilliant, potent energy lights up the 80 centers of the brain like a Christmas tree. Nothing else that a human can experience ignites 80 centers of the brain like an orgasm. So in that moment of orgasmic bliss, what do we experience? We experience the divine. We experience the divinity within us. We might feel the impression or experience of God. No wonder people say, oh God, oh God, oh God, when they're coming. So many women, when they're getting close to having an orgasm, are quiet. They're not saying much. They're not screaming. They're not moaning. <laughs> We're going to talk about porn. I said that, right? We'll talk about porn next week. But unfortunately, pornography has, has shown women to be a certain way. And it is far from reality. You know, some women may scream and moan and, and make lots of noise, but that's usually when they're faking it. And why do 87% moan like this? <sighs> to boost a man's self-esteem. Yeah, so a study in the Archives of Sexual Behavior uh, researchers asked seven, 71 sexually active women why they vocalize during sex, and they found that 66% of women moan simply to speed up a, a man's climax. So a whopping 87% said they moan to boost his self-esteem. So it's not to harm or hurt, but what I will say is faking orgasm doesn't do anybody any good. All right, so I'm going to give the phone number again. So don't panic. If you have a question coming up, write it down. The phone numbers again are 701-719-4207, 712-775, and 6619. All right, so the media and movies have depicted women as moaning screamers, and there is a huge gap in what porn portrays and what is authentic. Uh, there was a, a, I think I have cat hair in my mouth. I wonder how that happened. Um, there was a study done by the University of Quebec um, um, that uh, they studied female orgasms and uh, mainstream pornography. 
In 50 popular video clips included in this study, only 18.3% of women were shown to reach orgasm and stimulation of the clitoris or vulva only were featured in 25% of these. So I want you to understand what's going on here. So in those video clips, only 18.3% of women had orgasm. And stimulation of the clitoris or the vulva was only happening in 25%. So how the females reach orgasm depicted in pornography doesn't tally up with research findings. And what most women know that they do not orgasm through penetrative sex alone. As a matter of fact, it's about 18% that do. Okay, so what do we do then? So the Durex sex survey found that 80% of women fake orgasm 80% of the time. Now they, they 80% of women fake orgasm 50% of the time. Why? Well, you know, sometimes women feel like they're taking too long and, and sometimes they feel ashamed that they're not getting there fast enough. They may get tired and they may want their partner to, to come. And so they may feel ashamed and then they fake it. Women are different than men, obviously, but let's, let's compare their biology, okay? Their physiology. So... Think about the women's form. You know, we have breasts on the outside, of course, but the rest of our sexual body parts are vulva, the vagina, they're interior, they're inside of us. Women, when they communicate, tend to not be very direct. They, they may hide their true feelings. They may say, I'm fine, when they really aren't. Their pants don't tent like a man's. And her wetness isn't something that's visible from the outside. Kind of like ordering at Waffle House. She's hidden, buried, and covered up. And women tend to communicate in the same way. Not very direct. So men might feel that women talk too much. Men, on the other hand, are very direct to the point. They tell you what they're thinking. They, they mean what they say for the most part. And you can certainly tell when they're aroused. There is no denying it. And even the way a man communicates is much more in your face and direct. So listen to a man's words. They usually tell you exactly what they're thinking, while women do not. Uh, Catherine Rowland, author of The Pleasure Gap, and what is the pleasure gap? The gap is between the <laughs> women being unhappy in their sex lives and being happy in their sex lives. 40% experience some type of sexual dysfunction or inability to be satisfied through sex. And a contributing factor to that, noted by the author, was the lasting effects of sexual trauma. And having experienced that myself, I can attest I was not orgasmic until well into my 50s, and hence. Oh dear, somebody said they can't log in from their phone. Um, Orgasm for Life was born because I felt like if I had this issue, many other women did too. So healing sexual trauma is imperative, and that is some of the work that I do. Women need to feel good about themselves. Pleasure begins in our minds. And if you can turn on a woman's mind, you can turn on her body. Now, if women have worries about money, their children, or their work, they can't have an orgasm. They need to be able to relax and let go. They can't if the dog needs walking, or the dishes aren't done, or there's laundry all over the bed. Now, after years of non-orgasmic sex, many women feel that sex is drudgery. They aren't, they're not able to tell their partners what they need or their partners uh, only want to get off. So after decades without orgasms, sex becomes too messy and troublesome to long-time married women or women in long-term relationships. They say no to sex 
and sex can become target practice. You know, the old hammer and nail in and out and done. Women are not satisfied in that way. Many women have low desire for sex because sex involved a very quick and cursory amount of foreplay rather than getting her lathered into a frenzy before penetration. And we're going to talk about exactly how to do that. Most women do not orgasm through penetrative sex alone. So in Roland's book, after interviewing 120 women, she found the following to be true. And I, I, this is a direct quote. It's the combination of a larger culture that privileges male sexuality over women's, a culture that doesn't teach women that pleasure belongs to them, a lack of anatomical self anat, anatomical yes anatomy, a lack of knowledge of our own anatomy and self knowledge, and feelings of sort of persistent danger. Remember what I said about fear and women often being censored and censured for expressing their desire. And I will say that happened to me as well. When I told my husband I wasn't getting there, I was basically told never to mention that again. And so for the rest of our marriage, it was an issue. For the women I interviewed for Orgasm for Life, I was saddened to hear that some women were beaten for telling their man they didn't orgasm. Sex needs to be about pleasuring the woman first, getting her to orgasm, and we'll talk about how to do that in just a moment. So when, when, when women feel good about pleasuring themselves, they're much more likely to feel good about self-expression and self-pleasuring with their partner. So showing your partner what feels good to you will allow them to play and learn. We as women need to own our pleasure, feel safe saying a little softer, a little faster. Oh, don't stop. So for many women, the subject of sex is off limits. The only time they open their mouths is to have a penis in it. And not all women are afraid to speak up about what they need, but many are. We need to feel safe and trust that we won't be hurt or harmed to let go. A woman's safety is extremely important. Fear plays a huge role in a woman's inability to reach orgasmic bliss. And the fears could be pregnancy, fear of sexually transmitted disease, or fear of her partner. And of course, again, trauma from sexual molestation can also leave a trail of devastation needs to be healed. And I talk about exactly how to do that in my book, Orgasm for Life. Women need to explore their own bodies to understand what feels good. So we need to feel. A feeling of inadequacy can lead a woman to feel fear of exploring. She may be too shy to want to explore her own body. She may feel filled with shame thinking about touching herself. But once a woman allows herself to experience deep pleasure, she can feel a sense of self-alignment. It's like a homecoming. Pleasure can trans transcend any experience and feel completely spiritual, a touch with God. As you know, we have many body parts that can lead to arousal, and they appear to be non-sexual. I talked about this one here, right here. So nibbling here at the top of the lip, nibbling at the side of the neck or the throat or earlobes even can drive a woman wild, but another woman crazy. We're all different, remember? The inner thigh could be a sensitive place. The small of the back, the buttocks, toes, and palms of the hands. We have so many delicious places, don't we? So they can all be extremely sensitive when licked, nibbled, or massaged. And remember, we're all different. So what works with one lady doesn't necessarily work with the next. No two women are the same from the size of, of their clitoris 
to the way their labia are formed. Some are larger than others, some are smaller, but it doesn't mean they don't work. And the clitoris is the little button on the upper pubis bone that hides under a little hood. The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings, twice the number of the penis. A woman can orgasm in four minutes or less by self-pleasuring, touching her clitoris. It could take 20 minutes or maybe even up to 40 minutes if someone else is manipulating it for her. And the clitoris is connected through the roots to the G-spot. And the G-spot, not to be confused with the clitoris, is located on the inside of the upper wall of the vaginal opening. And so what you need to do is crook your finger and use a come hither motion to stimulate the G-spot, just like that. Now, you can get a G-spot wand, which would make it a lot easier and allow you to not get so tired. Um, and they are located on Amazon. You can order them. They're um, I'm trying to remember what that. It's not plexiglass. It's that hard pl plastic, though. So be gentle when you use them. So as I said, the clitoris is located um, at the at the top. If you're going up the vagina, it is at at the the top of the opening of the vagina, and it sort of peeks out and has a little hood over top of it. It's very sensitive. It could be dubbed as the the woman's penis. It's a very small little button, but it's very powerful. And the vagina is the opening that the penis is inserted into. And I'm, I'm trying to be very descriptive because I'm not going to lift up my skirt and show you mine. <laughs> the labia can be very sensitive, be pulled, licked, flicked, but the clitoris, clitoris, I call it Doris clitoris, is where most of the sensitivity is. And depending on the woman, she may be able to orgasm sitting on top of her partner or reverse cowgirl facing away from him. Yeehaw! And that way she can stimulate herself to orgasm while her partner is penetrating her. So I will state here that uh, some people confuse the clitoris with the G-spot. And I... Uh, corrected somebody recently. So the G-spot is inside. It is located on the upper wall of the vagina. It feels a little bit like a washboard or if you've ever been on a dirt road, you know how it's bumpy like that? Well, when the G-spot has been stimulated, that's what it feels like, like a washboard. And every single woman Every single woman, I'm pleased to say, has a G-spot. The thing is, you may not have discovered it because you haven't been stimulated enough. So the point I want to make here, so take a nice deep breath. We like to breathe, and breathing is very important. If you want to have an orgasm, you need to breathe. And having your mouth open while making love when you're getting close to orgasm will help the energy. It's, you know, it's, you don't want to grit your teeth. <laughs> you're not going to your execution. So you want to open your mouth and breathe. Continuing to breathe will help to stimulate the chi, bring the Kundalini up and keep it rolling. The G spot often needs 20 minutes of stimulation to even be felt or discovered. I remember coaching a lady in England and she and her partner got so annoyed they couldn't find it. And that's because she wasn't stimulated long enough. So 20 minutes of stimulation after an orgasm, you'll be able to feel the G spot. And it could be a clitoral orgasm and that's fine. That is when you'll discover that little ribbed area. It's about the size of a quarter maybe a 50 cent piece, depends on the lady. Um, so in other words, feel the clitoris, press down slightly, 
Turn your index finger in a come hither motion, like you're motioning towards someone to come to you, come hither. And stimulating the G-spot can bring a woman to an ejaculatory orgasm. Yes, all women have the ability to squirt. Many women never do, and it is because of a couple of reasons. The first is that when she starts to experience that uh, G-spot activation, it feels like she has to pee. So she could get up, urinate, come back, and start again. But there's like a, almost like a bearing down feeling that you need to have to move beyond that feeling like you have to urinate. Because once you get past that, then you can have that ejaculatory orgasm. And all women are capable. It's just a matter of, are you hydrated enough? And are you stimulated enough? All right, so here's the deal. So if your partner comes in 10 minutes or less, and you need 20 to 40 minutes to be stimulated, sadly, you may never orgasm that way. So you have to find a different way. And many women cry after sex because they were so turned on and left hanging. And often it is the single woman that is afraid to tell her date she didn't get there. And especially if your, your uh, relationship is new, you may feel embarrassed to say, I didn't have an orgasm. You don't want to hurt your guy's feelings. We have to be very careful because um, a lot of men's self-esteem comes from being able to please us, being able to bring us to orgasm. So how we say, you know, I need this or I need that. Could you touch me here? Touch me there. We don't have to be a drill sergeant to get our point across. So women in connected relationships with great communication are much more likely to ask for what they want and what they need. So the more connected and conscious the relationship is, the greater the sex. Talking about sex needs to happen outside the bedroom. And it could be a prelude to coupling over a romantic dinner Talk about what you would like. Talk about what feels good while you're drinking a little glass of wine and having dinner and then make love. So what can we do so that women can have a more engaging and pleasurable sexual experience? Well, there's a couple of things that we can do. So if a woman has um, had a busy day, she may have children, she may have been doing laundry or at work or washing dishes, cooking dinner. So one thing she may not be is fully integrated in her body. And there are a lot of women that are not fully in their bodies. And so a (laughs) a massage, um, I'm sounding like, uh, what's his name? Um, Michael, Michael, Michael Myers. Mike Myers. Um, So a massage, 10 minutes of massaging will help a woman get into her body, starting with her back, you know, massaging her shoulders, her neck, and spending time on the buttocks and the legs, the feet, the toes, and then flip her over. So 20, 20 minutes of massage, kissing, feather light touch, and digital stimulation, and I do not mean with your cell phone or your computer, silly. No, digital stimulation meaning stimulating her vaginally with your finger. And now oral sex is a great way to bring a woman to orgasm. And here's the key. A lot of women feel insecure about how they smell. So taking a shower, bathing before sex It makes the act of lovemaking more sacred. Starting off with fresh, clean bodies, everybody feels better and more confident. So here's the thing. We need to be touched, kissed, caressed from head to toe, stimulated, kissed on the neck, spend time kissing and and getting excited before, before 
penetration. Target practice doesn't work for women. And when I mean target practice, I mean uh, a little, hey, let's do it. Throw the covers back and uh, let's, let's jive and, and just thrusting into a woman's dry vagina. It's not very appealing, guys. So we need time. We need stimulation. And foreplay should not be cursory. Talk about it. Ask her what she, what she wants and what she likes. Ask her what feels good. And ladies, don't be afraid to tell your guy or woman, whichever the case may be. So I mentioned that I was going to pull something out of my sleeve. So I'd like to introduce something to you that, that I have discovered. It's called static kissing. I, I coined the phrase. Now, what is static kissing? One of the things that we're not doing enough of is kissing. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Um, so kissing can stimulate all areas of the body. Kissing the breasts, kissing the armpits, kissing shoulders, kissing the neck, kissing the ears. There's all kinds of kissing we can do. But static kissing is something that I recommend you do fully clothed, totally clothed. And you leave your clothes on. It takes maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes if you can keep your clothes on. So what do you do? You snuggle together face to face on the couch, preferably a couch. And lying facing one another, you're going to bring your lips together without moving. We want to grind, we want to thrust. We, there's a lot of things that we want to do, but don't do any of those things. The static kissing is to build the sexual tension between you. And when you allow the sexual tension to build, you can find yourself in incredible passion, eyes gazing beforehand, gently touching your lips together. Remember what I said, no grinding, no grinding. And just slowly moving your lips over each other's. Allow one person to take the initiative, maybe a little top lip nibbling. This is about little to no motion, staying still. In stillness, we feel one another's energy. We breathe each other's breath. We hear each other's heartbeats. We're feeling one another's energy, and the energy builds very quickly. And you know, when we're kissing, oxytocin is released. So not only are you building sexual energy, but you're also getting a flood of feel-good hormones. So this is especially good for people with depression, because oxytocin will make you feel really good. So spend at least 15 minutes in this posture holding one another, Sensing, noticing, just in a state of awareness. So what will happen is passion like you have never experienced, maybe ever, will build. And then you can begin the massage and the foreplay. Well, I want to go back over what women need. Women need to feel safe. They need to trust their partner. They need to be able to relax and let go. They need to be fully in their bodies. They need to be breathing. They need to have their mouths open. They need to be thrusting their hips. So if you're laying there like a cold fish, don't expect to have an orgasm. <laughs> Your hips moving up and down will help to build the kundalini energy so that you can have an orgasm. Remember, breathing is imperative. It will help that energy to move. So we need a central focus of attention, eye contact. And here's the other thing. Women that have had sexual molestation are more likely, probably 20 times or more, more likely, to disassociate during sex. 
And so if that is the case, if they disassociate, they may not have an orgasm because they're really not in their body. You want want her to stay with you, keep her with you, talk to her, have her look at you, keep that eye contact going. Tell her how beautiful she is. Tell her how lovely she is, how great she tastes and how good she smells. Women need to be told. And you know, we are sensory beings. Remember what I said about target practice? Bring in all the senses, light your candles. Have the sheets clean. Have a little bit of wine. Come with your teeth brushed. Start with a shower. You're going to feel a lot more comfortable and relaxed if you smell good. So a little bit of wine is okay, but drunk sex is sloppy sex. A small amount of wine may be enough to relax. Let her guard down and help her to feel sexy. Now, sex is more than body parts, and it's an experience. You can begin by meditating with eye gazing, sitting in front of one another and just looking into one another, another's eyes. Have you ever done that? Even for five minutes? How about three minutes? See if you can do it without laughing. To be able to sit in front of your lover and look them in the eyes and see into their soul will connect you deeply before you engage in lovemaking. It will change the experience. Remember, we're talking about sacred sex here. How can we make it better? Take your time. Don't rush. Just like life, it is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Let let it last. Make it last longer. So when we can allow the orgasm to be held off a little bit, we can have a much more powerful orgasm. And for guys, if you can hold off your orgasm long enough, you may not ejaculate at all, as in Tantra, and then (laughs) you can have hours and hours of lovemaking, and you still can have an orgasm without ejaculation. All right, so clean sheets, tidy room, clean body, sacred experience. Take your time. Don't rush. And remember, most women need 20 minutes of foreplay, not two minutes, not three minutes, 20 minutes. So I want to remind you about the vagina, and especially with older gals. The older we are, the more fragile the vagina becomes and so make sure she's well stimulated before you penetrate use an organic lubricant don't use vaseline coconut oil and olive oil can work too coconut oil is uh, great because it is a um, is it anti-inflammatory it is antifungal and you know you can eat it so i like to use extra virgin olive oil my joke, it helps me revert to my virginal state. Uh, Lubricants that heat up can burn tender tissue in the vagina. We do not want to burn the tender vagina. So here's my recommendation, and this may sound a little wild. How about allowing your woman to have her turn Make it about her, not about you. And not just once. Make it all about her. Women cannot orgasm if they're constantly concerned about your pleasure. Give her what she needs and wants. Make it all about her pleasure. You can still take care of yourself, but allow your woman to just have the pleasure she needs without her having to do anything or give anything to you. And then next time you could take the turn. So a a couple of experienced sexuality educators did just this. You know, so in many respects, they were very well-versed in male privileged 
in male privilege and the ways that female satisfaction gets a short shrift. But at the same time, these issues, they were married. They were showing up in their intimate life. It was all about him. She wasn't having an orgasm. And meanwhile, they're sexual educators. So at the woman's request, they decided to do the tantra thing and make it just about her. So that it flowed from her interest and followed the course of her arousal so that she could take care of herself and he took care of himself. But she didn't want to be a part of what he did for himself. So what they did was they made these sessions the experiment. And to their mutual surprise, they did this for an an entire year where she was able to have the pleasure and he took care of himself. And when they began to recount their experience, she thanked her partner for his generosity and he immediately and firmly responded, no, it was my pleasure. They both felt that they benefited from the woman's sexual growth and the shared opportunity to expand their erotic vocabulary. If sex is the same every time, and I have a couple of clients that make love, if you can call it that, in the missionary position every time, and it's out of boredom. They don't want to be bothered. That is not great sex. We need variety. We don't necessarily need to have a different partner, but we need variety within the relationship. Try something new and different. Make love in the kitchen for a, dip, for a change or the bathroom or outside. Do you know lots of people, <laughs> adults, have made love in their vehicle? And I talked about Tantra. Practicing Tantra could be a really interesting experience. And I talk about Tantra in my book. I describe it, how to, how to go about it. So you can get the book, Orgasm for Life. It is on Amazon. It is also on Audible, in an Audible format, narrated in my voice, recorded in a studio. And I think you'll really enjoy it. I've got to tell you, I don't know that anybody has read it and has not been turned on. All right, so I want to go back to women. They do not need penetration to orgasm. They can have a clitoral orgasm. In fact, remember, only 18% of women climax through penetration alone. It's not a very big percentage. Women are multi-orgasmic beings. Remember that. We can have many different types of orgasms. We can have nipple breast orgasms. We can have mouth orgasms, skin orgasms. There's 11 different types of orgasms that women can have. It's in my book. Okay, so the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy published their biggest ever orgasm study. It surveyed a thousand women and found among other things, 37% of women, 37% of women required clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. And 18% were able to climax through vaginal penetration alone. Now here's a twist, everyone. In fact, an orgasm doesn't even need to have genitals at all. You know, the sexual body parts. A woman can experience experience orgasms from the lips, the nipples, the neck, the ears. There's no rule book. Well, my book or guidebook. Each woman is different and communicating those needs to your partner is key. So 
cautionary tale here. Remember, <laughs> play on words as well, the anus is very close to the candy store and a slip up, slipping into the anus, can lead to bladder infections if you then go into the vagina. So if that happens, make sure it's a clean up on aisle 12, wash up and then go back to making love because you don't want your partner to get a bladder infection. I'm trying to decide, you know, I have my it's all bullshit, but I don't want to end the show with that. So I'm going to give you my it's all bullshit part. And then I'm going to, I'm going to read you the last chapter of the book. All right. So it's all bullshit. Don't ever assume that you know what your partner is feeling. You don't, you have no idea. Don't assume she had an orgasm because you had one and do not ever Tell a woman what she needs. And don't slap her without first asking, is it okay if I do this in sexual role play, in a sexual connotation? Is it okay if I slap your ass? Does that appeal to you? Don't just do it because you saw it in a porn flick. Because most women will tell you, uh, 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 I don't want to be hit by a man. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I am trying to decide, you know what? I've got this erotica. Maybe I should read that. What do you think? So you know, that 50 shades of gray. Well, this is my version. So it's a little bit of erotica. And why did I put it in the book? Because reading erotica can be very stimulating for both part parties. And it can be fun to read together. So I'm going to just, I'll just read you a little a little story. It's kind of fun to be read to, don't you think? So this is chapter nine. Thirteen Shades of Purple, an erotic tale, my little play on words. Fuck me, I whispered, giving him permission, taking him into my flesh, a soft invitation to madness. That's Emma Rollins from Dear Rockstar. Before Derek left for work, he made the bed while Gina took her shower. After making sure the bed was the way Gina would make it, Derek placed a romantic card with a single red rose on her pillow. He had been planning this special night for a while. Gina had been working hard on a project and was finally reaching completion. It had been a while since they'd been intimate because Gina's mind had been focused on work. Derek knew by now that when Gina was stressed with work, Getting her mind on sex was a major miracle. He knew he had to pull a rabbit out of his hat to get Gina to unwind enough to be able to make love. Gina was a pretty intense, focused woman. She had her own business and had a lot going on. Derek had made reservations at Gina's favorite five-star restaurant, the one they only went to on special occasions. It was expensive, but Gina loved their wine list and their food was always excellent. Gina would be gaga over a night out where she didn't have to cook and clean up afterward. Derek had found their favorite babysitter. And now that the kids were taken care of as well, he felt he had it all covered. He had everything handled without getting Gina involved at all and it wasn't even their anniversary. Derek had gotten a raise and had not told Gina about it yet. His bonus was big enough to cover dinner, a babysitter, and a little bracelet that Gina had been drooling over for years. Derek had learned that gifts, when they were for no special occasion, meant so much more than the obligatory, <laughs> obligatory birthday anniversary and the dreaded Valentine's Day 
the so-called holiday. Derek thought that V-Day was a total ripoff for men, a day designed just to make men go out and spend money they didn't need to spend to buy shit that the woman didn't need to have. He hated Valentine's Day. The card on Gina's pillow was clear and to the point. Gina, I've made reservations at Vinny's. You are invited to wear something sexy and leave your panties at home. I'll be home at seven to get you. P.S. I've taken care of the babysitter too. Love always, Derek. Derek felt a little hokey writing the note. He was not very good at the romance thing, but Gina always responded favorably because he tried. He always got an E for effort. Gina would be pleased. That was all he wanted. Dinner was amazing. They both enjoyed a glass of wine. Gina had two. Derek needed to keep cool to drive home. He could always have another glass of wine or maybe a little green when he got home. Gina liked a little sometimes too. It always made her relax more and then helped her let go so she could actually come. It was so much better when they both had a really good time. That was how he liked it and wished it was that way all the time. Derek took the babysitter home and rushed back to find Gina already under the covers. Damn, he had wanted to undress her. Being able to unbutton each other's clothes always got them both turned on. There was something about undressing each other his mind trailed off. He was getting hard just thinking about undressing Gina. He needed to quit it. As Derek appeared back in the bedroom, after brushing his teeth, he pulled off his pants and was just turning around in his boxers when Gina got a glimpse of his profile. Gina's face was lit up like a Christmas tree. She laughed and threw a pillow at his erect penis. My work here is done, she laughed. Did I miss something? Was that for the babysitter? Derek did not think that was at all funny. Say what? Gina leaned over and pulled Derek's boxers off and began to suck his hard penis in her mouth. Derek had not even made it into bed yet and he was ready to come. As much as he wanted to just let it all loose in her soft, wet mouth, he didn't. Damn, girl, Derek said shakily. All right, I think I've got you guys excited. I should probably close this book now, right? You're going to make me come. Gina, this is your night. I get to pleasure you, baby. She threw off the covers to expose a lacy camisole top with a panty all in dark burgundy. It revealed all her beautiful curvy breasts and her naked brown skin shone through the lace. All right, so you get the drift. Erotica is hot and it can make you hot too. All right, so what I would like for you to hear is the last chapter of this book. Because it is called Orgasm for Life, you might be wondering, how could I possibly live in a state of orgasm? Might be nice. How can we live in a state of orgasmic bliss? An orgasm is about experiencing pleasure. We can experience pleasure all over our bodies. Pleasure can be found in all areas of our life, not just in the bedroom. Whether it is enjoying a kiss and a cup of coffee with our mate in the morning or making love in the afternoon, pleasure can be found in a multitude of situations. Bliss can be found anywhere you can experience pleasure. Bliss can be found holding your newborn infant or grandchild. For me, I find being in nature orgasmic. Every time I drive into Hollywood and see palm trees and realize I'm in California, I feel ecstatic to be alive in this time and here in this beautiful place. I feel bliss every day. I see the streets that have songs named after them and I feel bliss. I feel bliss every time that I walk on a beach or swim in the ocean. I feel bliss when I visit with my children 
my brothers, and walk my dogs. I feel bliss when I talk to my mother on the phone, and that is an amazing thing to me. Bliss is everywhere you find it. When we look for it, we see bliss and experience it everywhere. A visit with a dear friend, reading a letter from a client from across the world, you've helped find a partner and is now married, expecting their first child, this is all bliss. It could be coaching someone and helping them find a soulmate, which I love to do. It could be enjoying self-pleasure and experiencing an orgasm all by yourself. It is making love with your beloved and connecting on a deep soul level, experiencing profound bliss together. I find bliss everywhere, every day. Being alone and quietly meditating brings me bliss. Eating a favorite spinach omelet I just cooked or a fabulous green salad brings me bliss. When we breathe deeply and feel so wonderfully alive, that is bliss also. Knowing that you're authentic, holding nothing back, and expressing yourself fully is amazing bliss. We all want joy and pleasure. Being able to discuss our desires and needs with our partner opens us up to the infinite possibilities of our relationships. Knowing that you're fully present with someone rather than disconnecting is bliss. We have a tendency to multitask instead of focusing on who is here with us here and now. Being fully present with someone else not only brings you bliss, but it brings them bliss. Orgasm for life is about living fully, present in every breath, being with your partner, fully listening, connecting, and expanding your lovemaking to include different experiences. And maybe to trying some new things, new toys, perhaps. Orgasm for life is being open to new experiencing trying new things. It's about listening to what your partner wants without condemning, condemning them for their desires. It is about love. Love is all we want. It is what makes us human. We all have a biological need to be loved. Orgasm for life is about setting aside your fears and doing it anyway. It is about living fully. It is about throwing our arms back like a pair of wings and expanding our lungs and take a huge intake of breath, opening up our hearts to receive and give love. Bliss can be a breath or a beautiful sunset. Bliss and joys are experienced when we're comfortable with ourselves. The more comfortable with ourselves we are, the more joy and enthusiasm for each experience that unfolds in our life. Being open to receive pleasure from another means you know you deserve it. You are worthy of love, pleasure, and all manner of bliss. Orgasms are about letting go. When we surrender all control, surrender all fear, we are no longer gripping the window ledge of life. We are in a complete state of trust. Trust is what builds a deep connection, intimate experiences, and wondrous bliss. Remember that hanging on for dear life blocks our ability to live in bliss. I know you can do it. I let go. I surrendered. And if I can do it, anyone can. The more accepting, kinder, and loving we are of ourselves, the happier we are with our life. Little things thrill us because we're not focused on the negative that everyone else focuses on. Instead, we focus on the miracle of life, how wonderful it is, and how great things are when they show up, because that is what we expect. When you're a glass half full kind of person, everything shines. We see the good in others, their gifts, and what they have to teach us. It is not that we see ourselves as better than another. On the contrary, we see ourselves as equals. Everyone has something to contribute. We learn from all that we come in contact with as they are our teacher. Everyone has gifts to share and we are open to receive them. So there is a little bit more about 
the bliss piece, but I'll just take you to the, the last paragraph of the book. Do I spoil it? Any relationship can last a short term. Chemistry does not make a lasting relationship. Chemistry is just the beginning. Expanding that chemistry into a profound connection of mind, body, spirit, passion, has the power to last and is the key to creating the ultimate relationship. As my friend William Dargan says, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle and fasten your seatbelts. Let go and enjoy the ride because life is just one big orgasm. So love yourself enough to explore your body. It's time for women to feel safe expressing themselves and their desires safely, exploring their own bodies and asking what they want and need. Discover what, it, what feels good, how to stimulate your G-spot, get a G-spot wand or G-spot vibrator so you don't get exhausted. Enjoy, enjoy. Sex is a part of our sacred expression of our spiritual self. And we, we become greater than ourselves when we touch that part of our divinity, when all 80 centers of our brain light up and our kundalini rushes to flush us with ecstasy and bliss. I'm getting back to loving me. I hope you're getting back to loving you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Mwah. I love you. Everywhere for what I need But now I know Now I 